your truth, your, your authentic truth, right? That might even seem trivial to you, right? But because it's the truth, that could be someone else's superpower. Hey, welcome to Normalize the Conversation. Today, I'm here with Riel John-Baptiste, mental health advocate and host of the Cup of Tea podcast. To connect with Riel, follow him on Instagram at I am the number four Riel and subscribe to his YouTube channel, Riel John-Baptiste. Riel, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited. How are you really? (laughs) Thank me. Thank you. It is an absolute honor to be here Fran and um yeah this you know I've been watching you since obviously I connected with Alessandra our mutual friend on Clubhouse and then she told me about you and then ever since then I was watching you and I was like wow you ask the most important questions with your guests and you know when you asked me to be on I was like really me you know um so I really appreciate it and it was amazing to have you on Cup of Tea uh, my podcast as well you, you were so brave and, and so open with your story and you absolutely inspired so many people with that um, that was one of my favorite episodes, um, just because of the sheer vulnerability and how you just had everything so concise. You know, I was like, wow. And, you know, I think we've got a really good, um, you know, people really responded well to that. So I really appreciate you coming on uh, my podcast. And how am I? Do you know what? For a long time, not for a long time, recently I've been saying, um, I don't know how, how I am. And I think some people um, maybe could take that as like, uh, like a, quite like morbid you know like oh what do you mean you don't know but actually um sometimes that's just how I feel I actually don't know how I am because if someone asks me how I am I'm not just going to automatically say oh I'm fine how are you you know um I mean maybe in some cases I'll do that but you know if someone asks me just like you asked me right there how how are you really sometimes I actually say I'm not sure how I am I don't have a direct answer if I need to think too much about an answer then I'm formulating this perfect answer in my mind to make it sound good it's not about sounding good it's about telling the truth and I think sometimes the truth is actually I don't know how I am (laughs) um and so I have been kind of saying that recently and I want people to know that really isn't you know to say that I'm feeling negative or positive that's just a a a kind of in-between neutral place that I'm at where it's like I'm I'm still processing how I'm feeling at the moment I'm still going through the motions and I think you know, I think it's nice to normalize that. Sometimes you just don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have an answer. Um, and But just uh, generally speaking, I would say that it's great. I've got my birthday coming up. Um, and yeah, birthday. yeah. I, oh, thank you so much. It's going to be on the 27th of this month. And on the 28th, I'm throwing uh, like a, a garden party, me and my friends and a few people. And I've always been quite like scared to throw a party because you know you have that thing of like what if no one shows up you know and it's like oh I've had that for a while so I've recently kind of you know overcome that and said you know it's my 25th let's just let's just let's just throw a party so you know there's been some some excitement slash stress around you know putting that party together um but overall I would say you know I'm I'm getting there I'm learning so much about myself friend I'm I, I truly am I know that sounds cliche but I'm learning so much. I'm, I'm taking in, I'm becoming more receptive to people's ideas and not allowing my ego to get in the way of them. You know, um, that's, that's been a huge part of my life recently because someone said something to me recently and it resonated so much. And I was like, wow, 
if I need to wait a year just to just to listen to something like that, because it sh it shifted my whole mindset, Fran. It really did. It, it took everything that I thought I believed in at the moment and where I was going and it tilted it on its axes. And I was like, oh, you know, and that was on Clubhouse. So how are you really? <laughs> how are First you? of all, can we just talk about how you were so honest with you don't know how you're feeling? Because that is so common. Oftentimes we don't know how to put it into words. We don't really know. And we have trouble expressing it. And when we hear other people talk about how great they are, or how bad things are, and we don't even know how to express it to ourselves, let alone others, we feel so alone. We feel like I'm not good enough. I can't even put words into my mouth. Like I can't do it. And what does that mean? Am I okay? Am I not okay? And it's perfectly normal to not always know. Yeah. And you can express yourself in different ways when you don't know. There's art, there's music, there's drawing, there's writing. There's so many other ways you can express yourself. It doesn't have to be through words if you can't find the words. So thank you so much for being so honest about that, because I think it's something a lot of people struggle with, particularly kids, because they hear all these adults having these conversations and they're like, I don't, I don't know the words. And then you grow up and as you get older and you still don't have the words to describe how you're feeling, or you're just not sure it feels so isolating and it really has a toll on your mental health. So thank you so much for being so honest. And how am I? We talked about this before and I am exhausted. I switched my like <laughs> databases over and lost everything. My YouTube channel disappeared. It's been a bit of a nightmare, but it's a lot of fun getting to start over with it, I guess. So it's going to be a long weekend ahead of me. But yeah. thank you again so much for joining me today. I'm so excited for this. I am so sorry that you lost your YouTube channel. But do you know what? I have no doubt that you're going to bounce back. Um, and I think now's the time for us to rally together and make sure that, you know, we get your YouTube channel out there and see this as an opportunity to let more people know about it, you know? Um, it's the restart, inspiring my generation, normalize the conversation. It's coming back and it's coming back stronger and better. It's going to be amazing. And I'm excited to see where you go from here, you know, because it's that um, fortitude, you know, uh, in perseverance, you know, adversity, but you come back stronger and you want it more. You want it more. Use that. Take that. Use it. Amazing. Exactly. Normalize the conversation 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> the sequel is <laughs> coming. So as a mental health advocate, we all have a mental health story. So what's yeah. your story? Yeah, it's, you know, it's so, uh, that, that's a, that is a really good question. Um, my story is, sometimes I think, well, where, uh, can I exactly pinpoint where my story started? Um, I, I think I could, yeah, right? I think I could in terms of, um, like, what is, the, what is the biggest thing that's happened to me? Let me take it from there. And I could go into those details. Um, but then I have to ask myself, why, why was I like that in that situation? Why was I vulnerable in that situation? Why did that thing affect me? And then I would have to trace that back, right? What put me in a position of vulnerability? What made me react like that? What made me feel those feelings of insecurity? You know, uh, can I trace that back? Oh, now it's getting a little bit more difficult. <laughs> um, so in, my my story i would say is is I, i'll there's multiple stories i could i could tell um and i'll tell the most uh poignant one 
one that has really impacted me mentally and physically because there's many and that you know we can't go through all of them of, of course but you know I'll tell the one that um uh is is pretty recent and, and affected me recently so in 2019 um I was feeling fine summer of 2019 uh two weeks before my birthday what day is it is it the oh so yesterday it was a year ago just yesterday right I woke up um and I was feeling really weird you know um but the interesting thing is before that day before that day uh people are gonna be like what because you're uploading this like much later yesterday okay so we're in August now and um before a, a specific day in August last year I actually felt fine Fran I felt okay I felt like there I felt like things were going okay the sun was shining we don't usually get that in the UK you know, you get some nice positive energy from the sun. It was summer. That's what I remember. And I was like, this, you know, I was doing some work and stuff and things were fine. You know, I didn't feel any particular, I didn't feel particularly terrible or anything. You know, it wasn't amazing, but I wasn't really bad. I wouldn't expect what was going to happen to happen. And then I woke up on this particular day in August. Heart was going at a million miles an hour. I woke up very early because I had work and um, my heart was going at a million miles an hour. And I was... My, I had this kind of like pounding issue in my head and very significantly I had like this lump in the throat. That was one of the most significant um, symptoms that I was experiencing. It was the extreme heart rate, the lump in the throat, the feeling of nausea in the stomach um, and weakness, like feeling drained, like someone just drained all my energy from me. Um, and I persevered and I kind of got ready for work and stuff like that because I just didn't want to miss work. Um, and I was thinking, my thought process was, even though I feel really bad, this is just a one day thing. And I didn't know what it was. And I was just like, you know, what? just block it out, block it out. It's a one day thing tomorrow. You know, after a sleep, you sometimes think you'll be better. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> um, so what, what, it, what it was, uh, Fran, it was the onset of a panic attack that was, that was, that was waiting to, to happen. And it did happen that day. It happened about um, four or five hours later. It was a huge, it was a huge panic attack to be, to be quite frank. It was like, I, I, Ever since then, I've never had anything of that level. And keep in mind, the day before I felt fine. I was at the gym, I was at work, I was fine. Um, so it really came out of nowhere. And just to give you, go through the symptoms of the panic attack, uh, when, it, when, it, when it hit its climax, I ran to the bathroom and I was just throwing up, right? And a lot of the time, you know, uh, symptom, people say, well, you won't really throw up from a panic attack, but sometimes you can, you know, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Um, and in this case, I did, it was a big one. And I think it's important to note as well, I had this kind of heightened sense of like awareness, like looking around, like, you know, when you look kind of like if you swish your head, like, and things look a little bit like sway wavy and blur, it was kind of like that, like, like you're in a matrix or something. And after that, I think what's important to note is after that moment, um, after that panic attack, for the next six months, I had the, this was 2019, for the next six months, I had these symptoms of like nausea and the lump in the throat every day every day I would wait and I would just have this 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 horrible feeling and I'm just thinking where did this come from and I went to the doctor they did blood tests they did all these different kind of tests and everything came back neg negative and even the doctor didn't really know and then it was it wasn't until I mentioned the psychological element because I figured that I've dealt with anxiety before maybe this could be it. Maybe it could be something related to anxiety. And he said, yes, it could be anxiety because anxiety, because nausea was a big thing that I was experiencing at that time. And, um, and he, the doctor said that anxiety can, um, 
increase the uh, acid and, and uh, um, irritate the acid in the stomach and make you feel nauseated. So I'm just going to open the window because it's quite hot in here. Um, yeah, it can make you feel uh, nauseated. Um, and, and we kind of came to the conclusion that because all the tests came back negative, you know, and um, we, we kind of looked at it like that. And then I said, well, what exactly went on with me? And I think, and I don't know, but I think what happened there is, even though I wasn't necessarily feeling terrible at the time, of that panic attack i think there was a build-up of subconscious anxiety that was going on in the in the mind um, that i wasn't super aware of i wasn't super clued up on what was going on in, in the subconscious mind but there was something there that was and I, I think i know what it was before this panic attack i really wouldn't talk too much about my mental health i really wouldn't talk too much about the little things that i was experiencing like in my daily life and things that i had been through before i would kind of suppress it let it and just like kind of get on with my life you know like okay I'm feeling it but I don't want to I don't want to address it it's too difficult to address I don't have anyone to talk to about it stuff like that I don't want to make a big deal out, out of it out of it you know that's what I said and then it kind of just bottled up bottled up bottled up and I think when you when I didn't vocalize it when I didn't vocalize it Fran and communicate it it manifested in a different way it manifested physically you see so then the panic attacks the panic attack started uh, and then for the next six months and over then over those next six months, I, I got therapy. I, 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 um, uh, I did a C, CBT, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. I, I did all these processes and I went through the, I went through the whole processes and I learned so much more about panic attacks that out of everything, I, everything, I, everything I, I know I'm going on, but out of everything that I spoke, uh, that I spoke to my uh, therapist about at the time, forget the CBT for a second. One of the most important things for me was learning why panic attacks occur because then that allowed me to not be as fearful of them coming because I knew what was going on in my body that was the biggest clue that was the biggest thing for me after I had that psychological element of like I know why I'm experiencing nausea I know why I'm getting the lump in the throat I know why I'm getting this sense of fear I know why it's happening because it's a, it's a natural response that my body my body is perceiving a, a threat you know so it's reacting to that whereas before I didn't know what was going on and that would just make it even more scary so learning the process of what a panic attack is and how it works and how it manifests was really helpful for me. Um, and since that moment, I said, I really, and this was the, a huge motivating factor for the podcast and everything. You know, I said, I want to learn a lot more about mental health and I want to, I want to, I want to talk about my journey and help others. Sorry, I was, <laughs> just kept going. But that, that was, that's it. That's it. I love hearing you talk. So you are good. But I really, really... I'm so inspired by the way you said you were fine the day before, but subconsciously you weren't talking about your mental health and things were happening behind the scenes and that led to a panic attack and it displayed in physical symptoms. I think that is something that is so, so common and yet we don't talk about it that much. Usually we can't pinpoint where the panic attack or anxiety attack comes from and then we're really frustrated. We don't realize that subconsciously things were building up inside us because we weren't talking about it. We think it's normal to kind of hold everything in because not being vulnerable and being what people perceive as strong is what people want. And that's what gives you strength and power and the ability to move forward and move on and be successful. But really vulnerability is a key part of life, of success, of happiness, of everything. And we don't talk about that. So when we don't talk about our mental health and it kind of just subconsciously builds inside us, it will come out. It will come out one way or the other. 
So if we're not talking about it, it's going to come out in a different way. And with panic attacks, it tends to come out in physical symptoms. And we don't realize why. Like you said, throwing up. That doesn't seem like a normal symptom of a panic attack, but it's extremely normal. We just don't realize it. So we don't realize what we're going through and then we don't address the problem. So thank you so much for being so honest with your answer. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, that that was a really tricky one for me to speak about. Not today, but when I first spoke about it on Instagram and I made a video for YouTube and everything. And I I think it's difficult from a from just from an emotional stance of like that was probably one of the worst years of my life, 2019, you know, so to 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 go through that in the summer and then to to reconnect to all those feelings and emotions. I kind of held it off for a while because, you know, sometimes it's not nice to revisit stuff like that. And now I've spoken about it more. I'm, I'm more able to, you know, to to not let it affect me as much. But the first time I did it was it was actually a tricky conversation to have. But when you see the response, right, and if it's when I saw the comments and people that reached out to me after I posted those videos, Fran, you're absolutely right. Because a lot of people were speaking about it and they were speaking about it for the first time. Right. And it's either they've experienced it or someone they know has experienced it. Yeah. Right. So if you don't experience it yourself, it's going to be someone, you know, or it's someone, you know's family member or friend or, you know, it's 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 out there. It's happening. You know, that's why, just like you say, just like the name, normalize the conversation. You know, look at how we're having a conversation about it now, you know, um, and it's it's it is a, it can be a tough conversation. And I think it's important to normalize the conversation. And I think it's in, I think it's also important to normalize the conversa- conversation at the right time for you, you know. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I thank you because you've really broken it down very, very amazingly there. Just like you said about the throwing up, you know, a lot of people wouldn't consider that, you know, but it is and it happened to me. So. <laughs> you know, it can happen. Exactly, 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 exactly. A lot of times we don't realize it, but it's so important to have these conversations. And when we open up and we share, a lot of people can realize that they're not alone, that they can relate to it. And it really helps open people's eyes to what they're going through and understand themselves in a different way. So by having these conversations, we really are changing people's lives. So let's talk about your podcast and why it's so important to you to share these amazing, authentic, and vulnerable mental health conversations. Absolutely. Um, the podcast is after, after the whole thing with the panic attacks, uh, and I got, I got a lot better, a lot better. And, you know, I'm so grateful uh, for that. Um, and I said to myself, after, after this, <laughs> I need to learn a lot more about this because there's so much that I didn't know. And there's so much that people don't know. And from what I learned, I knew that I could, I could kind of teach some of that information through anecdotes, through what, for what I've been through personally. And I said, the way that I'm going to do it, and I did kind of, you know, I wasn't as authentic as I could be in the start. And I've become a lot more authentic recently in terms of like just telling the absolute truth, even though sometimes it's difficult. I think the way, the way that um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to really get authentic with it, like tell the details. And when I spoke about those panic attacks a few months ago, I really spoke about the details, not just kind of breezing over it and making it sound kind of like, you know, I don't know, putting it in a way that's, you know, trying to make it relatable, you know, like I want to, I don't want to make it sound relatable. I just want it to be the truth. And if that's relatable to you, then that's great. You know? Um, 
so I, I, I so I didn't want to you know dress it up in any fancy way I just wanted it to be the truth and I said that's what I want the podcast to be I want it to be the truth I want it to be not not tailored to anything specific to achieve this goal I just want it to be about my experiences and I think bringing people on is huge for me and even before the whole panic attack thing I've all, it's always been the same for me in terms of bringing people on and the podcast is about creativity it's about entrepreneurship it's about mental health it's 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 about so many different things but it's all kind of for that one m- motivating factor of, of progressive thinking you know to learn something to, to build upon the knowledge that you already have you know and I think it's so for me this is where the guests come in because I can have amazing lovely lovely guests like yourself that can come on and have been through some some very dramatic experiences that I can't even dream of, I can't relate to, you know, but they can come on the podcast, come on an episode and talk to me like this, and they can share their experiences. And they're speaking to my audience about things that I could never speak to my audience about, you know, and I think that's the beauty of bringing on uh, guests, because you bring on guests from all different walks of life. And with the amazing thing that we have with Zoom, it's not just, you know, because before I was doing it in person, only people from the UK I could bring to, 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 to the studio and, and film. You know, now uh, with the uh, prominence of Zoom, I can speak to people like yourself in the States. I can speak to people from Turkey, from Dubai, from everywhere. And it's actually uh, widened the scope of the people that I can, I can reach out to uh, and get their stories heard. Because the main thing is really, I think it's so important because I'm only one man, right? I, I don't have all the answers. I have what happened to me and what has happened to me hasn't happened to you and what's happened to you hasn't happened to me you see so I think that's why for me bringing on guests is huge because they share stories that they, they teach me <laughs> you know they teach me and that means they're teaching the audience something but in a different way in a way that resonates with the audience um in a way that I, I couldn't resonate if it came from me because we have different experiences um and I think that's what's so important about the this uh, mental health conversation for the podcast to allow people to to show the diverse range of people from all walks of life no matter where you're from whatever country you're in wherever you are no matter your circumstances so many people will go just like you say we are not alone you know and I don't want to say that in like when we're not alone is there isn't just one specific type of person that goes through mental health you know isn't just someone that's brought up in a bad environment it can be anyone you know, and I think that now um, that conversation is is more important than ever, especially post pandemic. You know, because I think what's happened there with the pandemic is a lot of people that perhaps didn't um, speak about, didn't felt felt like maybe they weren't experiencing mental health problems during the pandemic, and now with, with the various lockdowns, a lot of people are starting to realize that mental health is a thing. Let's get it real. You know, let's get let's let's beat that stigma down because you know. A lot of people that have gone into lockdown for the first time, they've started to experience certain things with their mental health. And, you know, I think that's helping to beat the stigma and normalize the conversation a bit. But yeah, that's kind of. Sorry. You you are good. Don't apologize. Everything you're saying is so important and powerful. But I really admire what you said about your guest, because I feel the same way when we have someone on who has a new perspective, who has a different story, it helps other people relate in different ways. We may not understand something because we didn't experience it, but if someone else did, they can offer so much wisdom and advice to those who are going through it. And 
I always say we don't know what we don't know. We don't always know where to start. So if we're struggling with something and we've never heard anyone talk about it before, we feel like we're alone. We have no real resources on it. Hearing someone's story and how they got through it may help us find something to do while we're waiting for therapy, waiting for counseling. Maybe we can't afford it and we just need to know where to start or to know that what I'm experiencing is real. A lot of times with mental health, we tell people it's in their heads. Just think positive, get over it. And to hear someone else's story feels so validating. So I am so, I just admire what you do and the stories that you create and bring. Thank you for all that you're doing for mental health. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. Um, I'm not going to go into another (laughs) 20 minutes. No, Um, I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate you, Fran. Thank you for saying that. You you do exactly the same and more. You're, You're amazing. Um, you came on and you absolutely blessed my podcast with your presence. So um, thank you. Thank you as well. Thank you. And I know we started talking about opening up about mental health for the first time and all the great responses you got, all the positivity, all the support. But did you ever face any backlash when you started opening up? Yeah, that, that's, that's an interesting question. Did I face any backlash? I think I I experienced some backlash from some people that maybe you wouldn't expect. Say it was backlash. That's the thing. I would say it was a, a product of a lack of understanding and misinformation. Um, so I, I can't say that it was backlash and I got attacked or anything like that. You know, someone really went for me. It it wasn't that I just know for a fact, um, that it was was misinformation and more than misinformation, a lack of understanding of, of mental health. Because actually, I think Fran, to be very honest, I think in the last two, three years, we have made significant process progress in the, um, advocacy and, um, of, of mental health. Right. In, in the last two, three years. That's how I see it. Um, I think before that, it was kind of in the air and, and stuff like that. But I think a lot has, well, not, I don't, there is never such thing as we're there. You know, how do you, what is there? But I just think we've made a lot of progress. And I think at the time I started to speak about it, there was a lot of misinformation flying about. There was, it was more of like a, it was more like it was more like cool to open up and you know like people are really you know but now when people open more people open up now it's like let's listen to this but back then it was like oh is it it could be seen as like for attention seeking right um and I think that's maybe what some certain people thought it was like you know he's doing this for attention for Instagram or whatever but that's 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 crazy to me in terms of how much that does not resonate um however I would never, uh, I, I wouldn't whittle that down to, um, to because we are all ignorant of something, right? They might be ignorant of mental health. I'm ignorant of many things as well, like maths. I'm terrible at maths, <laughs> right? But, but we're all ignorant of, of many things, you know? Um, and ignorant is, it sounds like a, a, a very bad word, but ev- anyone can be ignorant of anything, right? You just don't know. You haven't studied this. You don't know the knowledge on this. You don't know the background of this, right? And I would, I would boil it down to more ignorance than any malice, if that makes sense. Um, so there was a, 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 there was, it was more like, I think that was it. It was more like, don't do this publicly, 
you know don't do this publicly let it be something and that is a very fair point um and i could understand why that someone would say that to me however in the same breath if you don't do it publicly and everyone follows that and everyone's kind of doing this in silence is it a good thing to suffer in silence is it what if you what if that release is actually what you needed what if it was this secret what if what if your mental health and what you were going through was this big secret that you couldn't tell anyone about and what if opening up publicly is actually what granted you some sense of relief from everything you're going through because there is no secret anymore imagine having that weight off your shoulders Fran how nice that feels you know like oh I don't have to hide anymore I don't have to explain to people because once it's out there it's out there you know and by the way I'm not saying if, it, if it's not the right time to open up by all means it is not the right time to open up if it doesn't feel right but I have to say for me it felt right to open up at that time because I didn't want to bottle it up anymore I didn't want it to be this secret that I had to kind of tiptoe around and you know and what happened is when I opened up Fran a lot of people messaged me saying what you really you're always so like vibrant and bubbly and you know always friendly and talkative and stuff like that so a lot of people really couldn't believe that I was I was going through some some stuff at the time um and what did that do right what did that do when I opened up this is the for me this is the most important thing it opened up conversations where people started to because it was my first time speaking about it people started to speak to me for the first time about their mental health now that for me is worth the world you know because so even down to I remember someone was speaking to me about how stressed they felt about their wedding and I was talking to them about the panic symptoms that I was experiencing and they were talking to me about how they had very similar experiences with the lump in the throat and the panic and the the panicky kind of feeling of like their wedding is coming up and they wanted everything to go right and 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 how anxious they were feeling because of that so you can have a lot of the same symptoms but for de- very different reasons you know, for very different reasons. And I think that that is so interesting how we're all connected in that sense, how we all experience very different emotions and feelings, but for different circumstances. And um, so I would say just to round up on that, that the outpouring of love and uh, uh, relatability and opening up and vulnerability was way outweighed by the, uh, by any you know, backlash or whatever, whatever that is, uh, misunderstanding. Um, so yeah, I would say that overwhelmingly it was, it was positive. You know, if someone could open up for the first time because of, because they saw me doing it, bring it on, bring it down, <laughs> you know, because it can be almost like a, a catharsis, you know, like let, let, let me get it out. Let me mentally get it out. Um, so yeah. <laughs> you are just amazing it's so true that you have to be ready to tell your story when you're ready to tell your story that's when you share it and you may not be ready right now and that's okay I think a lot of people are starting to feel really uncomfortable with do I talk about it do I not talk about it because we should be talking about and it's important but I don't know if I'm ready and I don't know what to share what not to share and that's okay and like you said a lot of times you may receive some kind of backlash or criticism because of ignorance and not because someone chooses to be ignorant. Ignorance is not always a choice. If in our school systems, they're not talking about mental health, they're not teaching us, our governments aren't really coming out with lists of resources and what mental health is. News sites really only play on it with the media when it's a trending topic and then it kind of disappears. 
And it's never about early symptom detection or prevention. It's about the dramatic increase in suicides, the dramatic increase in depression. But there's no solutions. It's just the problems. Sometimes you've never experienced it yourself and you don't know anyone else in your close circle who has experienced it. So you may be ignorant towards what it is, what symptoms are there. You may even be struggling with it and not even know because no one taught you. And that's okay and perfectly normal, but that's why these conversations are so important. And that's why it's so important to listen, not just to talk. I think conversations, we always think about talking, what we're going to say next, why our point of view is so important, but it's really about listening and understanding other people's point of views so that we can have these conversations And I love that you received so much support, but you were so open about how that backlash is criticism because I think a lot of people struggle to want to open up. So for those people who want to open up about their mental health, but they're afraid of the stigma, they're afraid that there might be backlash, they don't know if they're ready to share or how much to share, what advice could you offer them? Mm -hmm. Wow. What advice can I offer them? scared to share it you know i i learned actually a lot from uh alessandra she when she when she said she came on my podcast and she said alessandra is an amazing podcast host um emotional support right yeah she's incredible wearing our collab right now yes you've got the jumper on yes we're not alone that's amazing that's between you and alessandra right yeah that's awesome she came on the podcast and she said something very poignant and something that I'll never forget. She said, if you're not ready to open up about your mental health, don't do it because it could, that is sounds black and white, but there's more to it than that, you know, don't do it, not forever. But um, what she was saying there, she was saying, if you're not ready to open up about your mental health, don't do it just yet. Because what comes with opening up about your mental health could potentially, there's, your, your mind will go for a lot of processes once you've kind of spoken about it more and more, because you're almost, when you're talking about your mental health, you're kind of reliving it in a way, right? You're reliving these things, these past traumas that you've potentially been through. You're reliving what you're, what you're experiencing, right? Whatever, whatever it is you're going through, you're talking about it and you're strengthening, strengthening that pathway in your mind, you know? So that, that is a factor to consider. So it isn't like, you can't just see loads of people opening up about their mental health and say, I am now going to open up about my mental health, you know, in the same way where, in the same way where like you, you have to be mindful of what you're influenced by on social media. So I know a lot of people talk about, you know, Instagram as a highlight reel and stuff like that. I'm not necessarily sure I agree with some of the things that I said about that, because I think at some point it's like, people are going to post what they're going to post, right? What, is it bad that someone has posted a picture of themselves on holiday in Dubai, enjoying themselves, wearing nice clothes? Is it bad that they've done that if that makes them feel good? Yeah. You know what I mean? So these people are getting slandered. You know, Instagram is a highlight reel and, you know, people are only showing the good side. But then also will promote doing things that make you feel good in self-care, you know? So... You know, my point there, Fran, is like, I think it's important to to be, to make, to, I think it also comes down a lot to the individual to be mindful and take a little bit of responsibility 
for what you actually are influenced and motivated by on on social media right so and now to, to weave that into what you're asking me if you do see someone opening up right about their their mental health and talking about it and stuff like that does that mean you should automatically open up and talk about it because you but you might be inspired by that person naturally yes but I think what's important because we have the opportunity to say it now is to just before you go and open up and speak and talk about it in the same way that they they spoke about it consider this you guys might be able to get the same outcome both of you right you might be you might show you might see that he's getting a lot of or he or she is getting a lot of love from coming out publicly and you have to consider this you might be able to get the same reaction from other people because you're going to want that support of course that's let's normalize that you want support um you might be able to get the same reaction and same feeling that that person has but in a different way you know it doesn't have to be in the same fashion as it doesn't have to be in the same fashion as, as they've done it you know everyone has their own process their own uh mental liberation you know their own means of of getting there if that makes sense and i think what's important and this is going to come down to your own feeling because i can't tell anyone what to do i can't tell you what's right for you fran you know you know what's right for you i might be able to give you my opinion but at the end of the day what's an opinion an opinion can be wrong an opinion is based on my experience and my and a product of what i've been through in my past and that has made me the man i am today that is giving you this opinion it's subjective so you're going to know what resonates with you most. So in so what I would say is never let n- don't I know I know what I'm saying I just need to make sure I get it out right. There's more than one way to talk about your mental health is what I'm saying. You don't need to put yourself in a box and say it has to happen publicly, it has to happen on YouTube, it has to happen on Instagram, it has to happen in therapy, it has to happen at an intervention, it has to happen in a room full of other people, it has to happen with my family. It doesn't have to happen in any specific one of those or even a mixture. I think what it should happen as is is what resonates with you most. What do you feel most comfortable with, right? Because I might see you, Fran, opening up on YouTube, but I feel uncomfortable to do that. You know, it makes me feel kind of bad. It makes me feel negative, even though I'm still inspired by you. I can be inspired by you opening up on YouTube and that can inspire me to go and get therapy, if that makes sense. You know, so what I would say is consider all, just understand that there's loads of options for you to experience, to, to, to speak about your mental health more. There isn't just one way, you know, because, you know, on social media it's promoted as, you know, come out and speak about it on YouTube and stuff. Nothing wrong with that. I did that. <laughs> you know, I did that. I'm just saying, be mindful that there's, with with everything you do, there's a, you know, I don't know, what's the way you say it? With every action, there's a reaction or something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like, you know, with every action, there's a reaction, you know? You go to therapy, there's a reaction. You open up on YouTube, there's a reaction. What react, consider all reactions that could come out of this. Do some research and consider the reactions that could come out of the the, the the format that you choose to open up about your mental health and and see what resonates with you most. What do you feel comfortable with? Do you feel comfortable with your friend or your friends? Do you feel comfortable with your mom or your dad? Do you feel comfortable talking to a stranger, right? Do you feel comfortable just writing notes down in your book for the first time, writing exactly how you feel unapologetically down on a piece of paper? Do you feel comfortable speaking to an audience on YouTube? What resonates with you most? Consider all options that you, yeah. <laughs> That's what I would say. 
I love how you brought up social media and how people say it's a highlight reel because it is a highlight reel. That's true. You get to post what you want to post. And a lot of times we want to post the good. We want to show the good things that are going on. And it's important for everyone else to understand that if I do it, someone else is doing it too, because we're all guilty of it. We've all done it. So understanding that, yeah, it's one tenth of the picture and there's nothing wrong with them only showing the good, but understanding that it's okay. That just because I don't have all these good things all the time. And sometimes I have emotions doesn't mean they're not because they're not showing it. I think that's so important. And a lot of times we forget and we start attacking people for being happy and they have a right to be happy and show the good doesn't mean they're not feeling emotions. And it doesn't mean that you're wrong to feel emotions. And I think that's something that's so incredibly important. And like you said, when it's time to talk about your mental health, that's when you talk about it. And if you're not ready, you don't have to do it because it's really stressful when you do it first. Like you said, you're reliving all this trauma. And if someone makes a negative comment or a comment that you may interpret as rude or ignorant, it may feel so draining and invalidating. And if you're not ready for that, that's okay. It takes a lot to be ready for that. And you need to make sure that you are ready before you start these conversations, because you don't want that trauma to overtake you again. You don't want to spiral yourself. So when you're ready, you are ready. But now I'm really interested in knowing what's the best piece of advice you've ever received about mental health. This is a brilliant question, Francesca. And it's very timely, I must say, very timely um, because I I received an amazing piece of advice uh, the other day on Clubhouse. And I would love to take this as like something I came to a conclusion myself, but but no, 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 no. So I, you know, I was in a, I was in a mode where, and I won't take long. I was in a mode where um, I, a couple months ago, Fran, I came to this realization that I'm going to now, because there was so many, there was a few things about myself, Fran, that I wasn't happy about. I wasn't, you know, that I am kind of, I wasn't, I was kind of, you know, embarrassed about, you know, some of the insecurities that I have. Um, and I think it's, it's difficult, but like, there, there were things that I, 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 I was struggling to accept as part of me, you know, because I wanted them to be different. I wanted to be more, I wanted to be more confident, you know, I didn't want to, cause you know, I've struggled with low self-esteem right and that has impacted my dating life that has impacted relationships you know and that is something that um that I've struggled with for a few years now um and of course there's reasons for that um and these are kind of parts of me and these are there's more specific parts of me that 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 build up that kind of low self-esteem that low confidence um which sometimes can affect mood you know Mm um and a couple months ago and this is something that a bit that that was ongoing for a while and a couple months ago I said I'm going to accept those parts of myself as just me almost as factual as how tall I am I'm going to accept those as part of me and that's going to help me to step closer to self-acceptance rather than false security and then allowing it to you know rather than kind of denying these parts of myself and allowing it later to manifest in the form of a panic attack or something, right? 
So I said, I'm going to take it in and accept it wholeheartedly. All these little things that I'm not happy about. I'm going to, I'm going to accept it. And it's part of me. And uh, that's, that's how I'm rolling forward. And it worked for a while until <laughs> I went on clubhouse the other day and I was speaking very specifically about some of the things that I'm not happy about myself. And there was this very unassuming guy on, on, on clubhouse. And I, Oh God, I, I don't even remember what his name was. I think because he just said something so powerful, I was just in shock. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I, was, I was speaking a bit about low self-esteem and, and some of the issues that, that cause that low self-esteem. Um, and I was talking about kind of um, accepting that as, as, as a part of me. And I was saying like, this is something that's really helped me to move forward and, 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 and bring myself closer to self-acceptance. And what he kind of said was like, I would be, because they were negative things, right? I was accepting these negative parts of myself. Negative is, I guess you could say subjective, but they, were, and they had a negative impact on my life emotionally, these things. And I said, I'm going to accept that as part of myself, almost own it in a way and just, and just roll with it, right? So if you meet me now, hey, this is a part of me. This is what I'm dealing with, you know? kind of like that right just being more open about that and he said something powerful he said he said I would be very careful because people were loads of people were kind of pouring into me and I was like feeling the love and stuff I have to be honest a lot of what they were saying wasn't resonating a lot of what people were saying wasn't resonating it was kind of like mm, no not really even though they were lovely you know it wasn't it wasn't impacting me in like a in a in a way that I was like yeah this is it and then he, he was like the last person to speak. And then he said to me, I would be very careful if I were you of what parts of yourself you, you accept as permanent and what parts of yourself you accept as temporary. And I said, oh, damn, <laughs> that has really, really got me that, you know, because I was ready to accept those negative parts of myself because I just felt like they were impossible to get rid of. But actually, he opened my mind to the idea that they're not. And he said, there's nothing wrong with accepting those parts of yourself. But it's almost like negative self-talk, you know. I'm basically saying to myself, I'm accepting this. And that's almost a form of defeat, Francesca, because I have no, I feel like I have no other option. You know, I have to accept. It's almost like if you can't beat them, join them. You know that phrase, right? That phrase. It's like I can't. I've tried so long to get to, to get rid of these parts of myself to get rid of these things and I can't so I'm just going to accept them as myself and I'm just going to roll with it and he identified that as a form of accepting defeat you know and I was trying to dress it up as like I've come to this big conclusion <laughs> I've made groundbreaking um discovery and he was like be careful with what you accept as a permanent part of your life because that negative self-talk can really impact you and make you kind of more mentally weak actually because it just teaches you to just accept all the things you go through and he wasn't saying anything like you need to do this you need to do that it was very simple but what he was saying was there's nothing wrong with accepting a part of yourself but just be careful of that you can accept something that's temporary and that is still powerful because you're accepting it as part of yourself but you're not, you're accepting something negative as part of yourself and you're allowing yourself to feel those emotions, which is a good thing. 
but that doesn't mean you need to feel that for the rest of your life, right? And I said, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you might be right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was huge for me, Francesca. And, you know, for me, that was mind-blowing because for, for so long, I had accepted that. Now, what I now know is defeat. I had accepted that. And I, did, and I just thought there was no way to change. There was no way to overcome there was no way to to feel to to get to to kick these things in my life or, or turn them into a positive. I accepted them as a negative, bringing myself down, just like the low self esteem entails. And he said, "That's fine, but just be very careful with what you accept as permanent and what you accept as temporary." Oof! Wow, yeah. that is mind blowing because yeah. <laughs> usually we kind of live in this world where we think self-acceptance is the answer, accepting who we are and what we went through and how we're feeling. But a lot of times we accept that as forever, like you said, as being permanent. And just because you're feeling something now, you're going through something now, doesn't mean it has to last forever. It doesn't have to define who you are. We define who we are by what we're feeling, what we're going through, and by a lot of insecurities. And that's not who we are. That's a part of how we're feeling today and what we're going through right now and learning the difference between accepting that this is reality and this is what's happening and this is what I'm feeling versus accepting that I'm defeated, like you said, like this is it. It's a very, very important distinction that we really need to learn to make. And I have one last question for you because you did this to me, you uh, (laughs) had a genie lamp and I'm all excited for three wishes. And then you take away my voice and tell me there's one last thing I can say. So now I need to know if your voice was about to be taken away and there was one last piece of advice that you could offer to someone who is struggling, what would you, what would it be? Oh gosh, you hit me with it, Fran. Wow. Same question. Same question. Okay. Fantastic. Um, Wow. I haven't even given it any thought. I need to think about it. Um, Okay, so what would I... Okay, so you can repeat the question. Repeat the question. So you find this genie lamp Mm -hmm. and you think you're going to get three wishes. But no, Mm -hmm. the genie's in a bad mood, takes away your... Tells you he's going to take away your voice, but you can help one person who is struggling. You can offer them one last piece of advice. What Mm -hmm. would it be? Okay, I would... I want to make sure I say the right thing. I really want to get this right. And now I know how you felt when I put you on the spot. (laughs) I was was devastated. I was like, I'm not getting three wishes. You're taking away my voice. I was like, this is the little mermaid. I just met Ursula. I was heartbroken. (laughs) Okay. I can feel it. I can feel it in my stomach. Um, Yeah, I know what it is. I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. You know <laughs> now. Like torn between two things. I want three wishes. That's what I want. <laughs> um, okay, I would say that.
Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say that your truth, your, your authentic truth, right? That might even seem trivial to you, right? But because it's the truth, that could be someone else's superpower. Wow. That's what I would say. I would say. No matter how trivial your truth might seem, because I think, honestly, friend, we live in a world that things are so exaggerated and dressed up for the purposes of entertainment that even just a small truth that just seems like, you know, whatever, you know, nothing. That, would, that wouldn't make headlines. That wouldn't make headlines at all. That's seen as like nothing. We need to dress it up. We need to make it powerful. We need to make it big. We need to exaggerate. We need to make it clickbait, right? What I've learned recently, Fran, that just, just the authentic truth, not, ne- not trying to, just like I mentioned earlier, not trying to tailor it to, 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 to fit a criteria, just an authentic truth of I don't know how I'm feeling today could honestly inspire other people and that could be someone's superpower because other people's truth and other people's authenticity is what gave me my superpower. So that's what I would say. <laughs> wow. That you is... The, you got me. I really had to think. <laughs> you have to be careful because it's the last thing you're ever going to say. It has to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's very scary. It's terrifying. And no one's asked me. No one's asked me. Everyone is just like, oh no, he's got me. And now I'm in the I'm in the passenger seat. But uh thank you for asking that. That is beautiful. I love it. Of course, I was really interested in knowing your answer. I was like, he has to have a really good answer since he asked this question. Like it was such an amazing like story leading up to it. And I was like, uh, he bet like he has to have the most amazing answer <laughs> to come up with this question. I know. You'd think I'd been working on it for like 20 years and I had no answer. I'm like trying to figure it out on the spot. Like it made me just ask her to repeat the questions so you have more time. (laughs) I need another minute. But yeah, thank you. That's a lovely question. Thank you for bringing that question to me because you learn a lot when you realize that you could only say one thing. Yeah. What would you say? What's that really important piece of advice that you have? that you've really held on to. Brielle, thank you so much for joining me today. You are absolutely incredible. It was an absolute honor to have you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't believe you're thanking me. I truly can't because um, what you do is truly incredible. And I know I say it too often, but there's no such thing as too often, but I say it a lot, but I mean it. Honestly, you are one of the sweetest people I've ever met virtually right and we never met in person how crazy is that um but you're just so lovely and so compassionate and you're so understanding yeah we all need you we all need you um so I want to thank you for allowing me to come on this podcast and speak to you every time I speak to you it's an absolute honor and for me this is like this is like this feels amazing you know it feels great to to be on here because uh normalize the conversation inspiring the generation is is it's the place to be. <laughs> it really is. It feels like such a lovely, safe space to be. Um, and yeah, you just, you're so disarming. Like I can just speak to you. 
right? Like I, I just feel, feel no, no barrier, no brick wall, whatever. It's just, it's amazing. So thank you. Thank you.